and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy and Dan and Craig and Dennis. Good to have you guys. Had an aggravating situation today. It was kind of interesting. Um, had to go take a family member for a procedure this morning, uh, just a test. But they had to put uh, put them out for the test. And it's supposed to be a 15-minute procedure. So the appointment was at 8.30. At uh, 11.30, I'm sitting in the car because you drop people off now and you just go sit in the parking lot and wait on them. Thought it'd be, you know, 30, 45 minutes, something like an hour at most. So at 1130, I still hadn't heard nothing. And so the nurse calls me and says, the doctor had an emergency and he's next in po- in, in uh, post and uh, pre-op. I said, what? He hasn't even had the procedure yet. And it's 1130 and I've been here for three hours and I made it all about me, right? <laughs> what? I've been waiting for three hours. At least I didn't say three fucking hours. You know, I, I kept it, kept it clean and uh, told her thank you and to let me know. And I just started thinking about, you know, what we're upset about is really not. Well, hold on. I wrote it out because I thought it was so helpful. What I think is my problem is not my real problem. We already know that. Right. I'm not upset for the for the reasons I think I am. Okay. And then the second part of that was so my fight against the problem is not the solution to my problem either. <laughs> if if the problem, if I don't have the problem identified, the way I respond is not the correct the correct response either. I thought that was pretty good. Any comments on that? Because I knew Dan and I have been talking a little bit about some stuff. And, I, you know, but always my fight against the problem is never the solution to my problem. It's never. Because I'm not it even the the, correctly. Do what, Dennis? It, it kind of magnifies the problem, right? When you're yeah, doing that, yeah. the more fight you put into it because you don't want to feel what you're feeling, it, it kind of makes it worse for me yeah and what what i think the solution to my problem is the way i react to the problem is never the solution to the problem because i'm i haven't even identified what the problem is i'm i misperceived the whole thing you know i, I was thinking about this today with, with the um with the meeting the src we, we were discussing the 33rd verse of the doubt and that's the one where it, t- it says um um mastering others is strength mastering yourself is true power um, and I was looking for the quote in the big book. I couldn't remember if it was the big book or if it was in the 12 and 12 where it was talking about if there was, if, um, if there's, if, if I'm thinking there's something wrong, it's, it's with me. There's, there's something wrong with me, not everything else that's going on. It's, it's how I'm reacting to, to things that are going on. Um, when Buddy was telling me about his dad and that, <laughs> he was saying, he says, yeah, my, my dad hasn't been seen for a couple of hours. Like, don't they know who you are? Yeah. <laughs> Many times they go and say, get, get, hurry up and get it, get it done. You know, it would um, it would normally be it would normally all be all about me because I've got somewhere to be. Yeah, I don't have time. For, I don't have time for this. Um, and I would I would really need to realize the fact that um, it's it's not about me. 
my dad's there getting stuff done and he's, he's there putting this in. If, you know, if it takes a little bit longer to get it done, then I just need to, I need to surrender to the fact this is, this is how long it's going to be. And if I've got plans, then, you know, it's, it's all part of this. Cancel, Greg, I can't cancel the Dow podcast yes. for any reason at all. It comes first, right? I've never had to do yes. that ever. Have I had to cancel? So, Cause, well, cause I was just thinking, buddy, well, for, back up. Craig, what you're talking about is step 10, page 90 in the 12 and 12. But it's a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us. That's the one. That was right, yeah. Um, yeah. But buddy, what I was thinking about when you said that the doctor had an emergency, I was thinking, well, wow, what if that had been my mom or my dad or one of my loved ones or friends that the doctor had to tend to, you know, it was like literally life or death. And, and it's so hard though, right? To think of that because my first thought is me. What about me? You don't respect my time. You know, that's why I feel like it's a direct, like slap in the face. Oh, what I, and what I wanted to do was I said, yeah, that's bullshit. He hasn't got no emergency. He was off doing, <laughs> that's what that was my thought. <laughs> well, because that's what you, like that's, but see, I think other people behave like me. I think because yeah. I used to be untrustworthy, like I would do shady shit, then I didn't trust anybody else, right? And so I, that's like my default. I think everybody else is up to no good too, because I'm secretly up to no good myself. Ooh. Ooh. I started. I started taking the surgeon's inventory. I was like, "Doesn't you know y- your dad's got an emergency? What right is a surgeon having? Yeah. Surgeons don't have emergencies. Yeah, you know, just get it done." And, and just what Buddy was saying about never canceling the podcast. Yeah, but Buddy says he never canceled the Dow podcast. He phoned me up and says, will you, will you take the podcast? I was like, hell no, I'm not that committed to it. <laughs> not talking about this because this is this is this is not an easy conversation. If it were, uh, you know. One of the Dow chapters that we've uh, talked about a lot, it'd be a little different. Yeah, I said, I'll just send him a bill for my time. You know, I have to get my head started doing all that stuff. You know? <laughs> and I said, no, buddy, don't do those things that you used to would have done. No, no, no. So uh, I, I give myself a B, a B on that one, rather than an elf, which I used to give him continually. Okay, when life was full, there was no history. It's what we're talking about today from Thomas Merton's translation of Chauncey. Amy, you want to read for us? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. When life was full, there was no history. In the age when life on earth was full, no one paid any special attention to worthy men, nor did they single out the man of ability. Rulers were simply the highest branches on the tree, and the people were like deer in the woods. They were honest and righteous without realizing that they were doing their duty. They loved each other and did not know that this was love of neighbor. They deceived no one, yet they did not know that they were meant to be trusted. They were reliable and did not know that this was good faith. They lived freely together giving and taking, and did not know that they were generous. For this reason, their deeds have not been narrated. They made no history. Any initial thoughts? The first thought that comes into mind, it's kind of funny. I I like this. 
now when any big event is happening, but it doesn't matter if it's political or what, you're actually here, we are making history right now. And I was just thinking earlier this day, back then, when they went to battle and all that, did they say that when they did that, we're making history right now? Did they say that 200 years ago when something big happened uh, with the country or, or that? So so I kind of like that, that you're not aware that, oh, this is a great big moment um, and there's making big change in, in our lives or, or whatever. That 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 is when, when life is full, when you're engaged. I don't know. That was just the first thought. Now peel that apart. <laughs> I was thinking that they were just doing what came naturally. There were there was no agenda. Mm. I remember listening to uh, reading Joko Beck. She she was a Zen teacher, and she said that uh, when you get rid of fear and self, all that's left is love, which is kind of what I'm seeing here. It's interesting how that if we're not in the extremes, that no one pays attention to us either, you know? So is our life supposed to be a life that's not remarkable? Is that the best life, the unremarkable life? And whose definition of remarkable are you using? Well, I'm thinking remarkable in regards to the extremes, maybe. You know, like... Uh, like remarkable in that you do great things or remarkable in the inverse of that, that you do horrible things, you know. So that you cut, you grab the attention of other people. You're noticed. Yeah. You're noticed. You know, it says see, all these people here, they made no history because they didn't, they did not do really remarkable things in either direction. They didn't hit the pendulum in you know in the swing either way craig yeah when i first read this and it says in the age in the age when life on earth was full no one paid any special attention to worthy men i kind of had this impression of when everything in life was fine when everything was going well there was there wasn't really anything to worry about there wasn't really anything to um to vex us over there was just a, I'm, I'm kind of getting like this, this, this Tolkien kind of world about, you know, everything's just going fine. And then something pops up and everything kind of falls apart. And we're all of a sudden looking for, looking for leaders in the land, people to take us to, to other places. And um, we become more reliant on other people. Whereas beforehand, if, if we're in this, this utopia where everything is, everything's going fine and we're all self-sufficient, we're all, we're all getting along together, we're all, feeding from each other, uh, we're all nurturing each other. Uh, that's kind of what I've seen just in that first part. Because um, we did, we wouldn't have to single anybody out if all things were going well. There wasn't any wars, there wasn't any pandemics, there wasn't any. There wasn't anything that we're really having to be super reliant on each other for. You know, it also says there, Craig, that they paid, no one paid any special attention to worthy men. It doesn't mean there weren't worthy men there, just you didn't pay special attention yeah. to them. Yeah, we, we weren't looking for that leadership. We weren't looking for those people to dig us out of situations that weren't there. Nor did they single out the man of ability. So there were people with abilities. There were people that were worthy. They just did not fixate on uh, 
what's one of the Dow verses about that, about taking credit for, for what you do? I was thinking about the 35th verse in regards to this. I'll read MacDonald, the third one. She who follows the way of the Tao will draw the world to her step. She can go without fear of being injured because she's found peace and tranquility in her heart. Where there's music and good food, people will stop to enjoy it. But words spoken of the Tao seem to them boring and stale. When looked at, there's nothing for them to see looking at the Tao. When listening for, there's nothing for them to hear. Yet, if they put it to use, it would never be exhausted. Like the, the whole idea of the Tao, there's nothing there that's spectacular, nothing that you would see. It's the opposite of what we're taught to pursue from surface. Similar to me, very similar to a, how we look outward for our uh, peace and joy. The, the work of the Tao is an inward thing. So if we're looking outward for the Tao, we're not going to see it because it's not out there. It's We already have it. There's a quote I heard the other day that said, if you're looking, if you can't find what you're looking for, you probably already have it. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, Dan likes that one. You got a comment on that one, Dan? No. <laughs> no. But I like it a lot. That's a good one, isn't it? I'm gonna write that shit down. It came. From, it came from a uh, a list of Dow quotes that I have. And it said, "If you've already, if you can't find what you're looking for, it's probably because you already have it." Comments. I was looking at the. Make your own translation, the Jonathan uh, Snow, a star. I keep, <laughs> I keep doing that. You're still watching Game of Thrones, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, the Jonathan Star. Uh, the one who holds the great Tao, the one who holds the great Tao, all things flock to them. Follow, but... Uh, they can follow without suffering any harm. They can enjoy peace and good health. Music and fine food. Travelers passing by will stop. Words spoken about the Tao are tasteless. It's without flavor. The Tao is without flavor. Looked at, it is insufficient. It's not enough. Looking at the Tao. How many times do we hear that in recovery? How does it work? How does surrender work? Right? It doesn't look like that's enough. All the time, right? Listen to. Oh. Listening for it. It's not worth hearing. Use it. And it can never be exhausted. It can never. It never fails. It's inexhaustible. It never finishes. It never ends. That's all the different ways that word is used. Yeah. Never fails. That sounds like, um, I don't want to get all 
Bible but that Maybe. sounds like the 13th, is it the 13th chapter of Corinthians? Love. I love never love. failing. Yeah. Yeah, it does actually, Amy. That's good. Yeah. And so back to the to this reading. Uh, it sounds to me like no one there was no pride and arrogance because they didn't even know what those things were, that they were just in total acceptance and in I don't know, like I, in my head, I see this like bubble community of people just like getting along and, and no, you know, no obscurity from outside forces. Like you were talking about looking externally, right? Um, because as, as kids, we, we grow up and our parents are, are telling us, you know, you need to go do this. You need to achieve great things. And then we get that idea in our head that we can't be okay with what is, we need more to satisfy our demands when, and then we, as alcoholics, then we, you know, look for that alcohol or whatever to satisfy those demands, to fill that void that we think we have when we really, there's really no void to begin with. Oh, Amy, that fits with that line that no one's paid, paid any special attention to worthy men. Because the worthy man was looking for accolades. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. They had rulers. They said they were simply the highest branches on the tree. They were they were just playing their part, right? Fitting together in the body, doing their part. It's just like a natural hierarchy of things, not one person trying to better outdo someone else. Yeah. But isn't isn't that what we learn in recovery? The, the greatest ease comes when we learn to just live in this way of love, this way of service, this way of just being rather than the having and doing. Yeah. That reminded me of um Dr. Bob's final final speech, right? He said I just happened to have a copy of it right here. It says part of it, I won't read the whole thing, but it says our 12 steps when simmered down to the last resolve themselves into the words love and service. We understand what love is and we understand what service is. So let's bear those two things in mind. Hmm. Hmm. Right before that, he says, let's not louse it all up with Freudian complexes and things that are interesting to the scientific mind, but have very little to do with our actual AA work. Uh, here's that description of love you were talking about, Amy. It's always okay. I know you're new to the podcast, but it's always okay to quote Bible or anything else. You can do any of that. So. We, we quote, whatever it is that's speaking to our sobriety in relation to what we're talking about. So it's okay. There's no taboos with any of that. Uh, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body for hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there's prophecies, they will cease. Where there's tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when, when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I... When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the child, put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I'm known. These three, three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I was listening to uh, actually the one of the 24-hour meetings the other day, and there were, the guy was talking about anger. Actually, I turned it on because I was angry. I wasn't happy with – I had all these changes going on, and I just was not happy with them. And so I was – I knew the thing to do. I had to do what I tell other people to do, right? I had to go to a meeting and pray for people. So I did, and I just listened while I worked. And the guy said something I had never heard before. He said that anger is the new alcohol for the sober alcoholic. Mm. I'm like, hmm. And I started thinking about that. And it really is true because instead of grabbing a drink now, I'll grab anger. And it'll pacify me for just a little bit. And then I'll regret what I said. I'll regret. <laughs> I mean, there's so many characteristics that are the same. And I'm seeing more and more of those that I'll act out in anger instead. I'll show you instead of I'll show you, I'll go get drunk. I'll show you, I'll get angry. You know, it's both for the same reasons. I'm not getting my way. Hmm. Not getting my way. Craig? Do you ever have that experience where something keeps cropping up and it's almost as if it's something that you should really be listening to and paying attention to? Right. We're, we're homeschooling Callum at the moment. Our schools are all shut down. So um, the only job I was asked to do today was finish Callum's homework for today. And it was RME, which is religious and moral education. Okay, When I was at school, it was just religious education. So well, we should be doing that, shouldn't you? Well, do you know what? The, yeah. you want, okay, all right. So I've not really done much with the homeschooling because I really do not have the patience for it. I kind of, I'm of the opinion that you should be sat down there doing all your work. And Louise is like, look, there's no point in, there's no point in resisting it. There's no point in fighting him because he's just going to, you're the one that's going to get angry and he's just not going to be bothered about it. Something was like, man, you sound like buddy. So I says, I came downstairs and I says, right, is there anything I can do to help you? Because she's had a lot on in the past couple of days. She says, well, do you know what? There's one bit of homework there that you can do, right? So I don't, I don't know if you can see that. Oh, Corinthians 13. <laughs> he had to highlight all the things that was going on and he had to highlight all the things that love meant to him 
and he's highlighted love is patient, love is kind, love is. So we were doing that, and then part of the rest of the homework was we had to do we had to do a bit of art that included all the things that that love meant to to Callum and that. So we we done a, a big tree and had love and with all these things, and he was like, "What about acceptance, Dad? What about tolerance? What about?" I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my goodness, you've you've been talking to Buddy as well." So. Um, yeah, it's, it's just that thing has just been cropping up all day today. So, what does it mean? Does it, does it mean I need to start paying attention to things that are going on? Or, but, but isn't that the way it works? You 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 get one thing planted in your life and it starts just popping up in different places. Mm-hmm. That's for me. And, and I, th- I think I'm, I'm maybe I'm just more conscious of the fact now because I'm doing a lot of um, ten step stuff with, with some of my guys as well. So when we're asking, when we're, when we're humbly asking God to, re- we're doing the daily inventory and when things crop up, you know, we're asking God to remove them immediately. And what I'm saying to the guys as well, right, if you're asking God to remove something from you, you have to be open to the fact that he's going to give you something in return. So if I'm asking God to take away all my anger, I have to accept that I, I see God as having all these arms full and he's like, right, okay, right, I'll, I'll take that anger off you. But do you know what? I could do with a hand. Go and take that tolerance so I'll, I'll take your anger and you practice that tolerance for me, you know, and, and you know, this, I've got this fear, right? Well, well, hang on. I'll take your fear off you, but go, you need to go and practice that faith. You have to go and have this, this, this faith in what you're doing. So um, I, I, maybe I'm just more conscious of the fact that all this is cropping up as well. Um, but I just thought, I thought it was just so good and so relevant in the fact that Callum's coming to these words like acceptance. And, um, I was just waiting for him to come out and start quoting books for starting quoting stuff from, from the Tao or the, the, the letting go book. You know, Dad, you should really just surrender. What about surrender? Can we put surrender in there as well? How can we fit that in? Um, but it's just that, that's just kept on cropping up as well. Um, and I do quite a lot of plans in the, the U version Bible as well in Corinthians just kept on coming up as well. So maybe I need to start being more loving. You know, I think, I think the way we start doing what this story talks about is just being available in more moments of the day. You know, without our agendas. I want to read you the 35th verse from a a soon-to-be-published book, uh, Powerless But Not Helpless. It's an a recovery interpretation of the Tao Te Ching. It says, for verse 35 that we just read, the limitlessness of recovery, those who grasp recovery attract all good things enjoying peace and contentment without suffering harm. Travelers who pass by may stop if they hear music or smell fine food. Words spoken about recovery seem dull and uninteresting. Look and there's nothing to see. Listen and there's nothing to hear. Surrender and recovery is limitless. So it really, that's where your surrender is, Craig. You're asking how you get surrender in? There it is. But it really is. I mean, these people are, have no agenda. This story describes a community with no agenda, not trying to get ahead or not, uh, no hooks, not loving with hooks. Um, yeah, just doing the next right thing. That sounds pretty much like a program to me. I was kind of thinking of, of when, when you were talking about Anger is my new alcohol. I think I, uh, I I suppress my anger with alcohol many times, right? So so when I when I didn't 
do that anymore. The anger didn't have anywhere else to go but out, and it was really, it was really bad. I had to patch a lot of holes of sheetrock uh, in, in in my room, and 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 that's the least of the problems. The problems is the the mental abuse that it caused my wife, right? So so it took me a while to learn how to stop when things just didn't go my way because that's how simple it actually is for me. I have to make it that simple, otherwise I go crazy. I guess. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, I, I, a lot of times too, Dennis. I think our anger is covering up many different things. I, I know for me, I can trace anger back to how I covered embarrassment, how I covered fear, how I covered uh, lack of control in situations. I mean, I could go on and on about, and they all would show up as anger, but there were a lot of different things behind that. So. It really take, and when I start seeing that anger again, I, I want to sell. I want to search and see why am I angry this time? What is it I'm covering with this anger? You know, because I know the anger is not the solution. It's never. You see, it's one thing to be unhappy about something. It's you can be unhappy without being angry. Yes. It, you know, you can disapprove of something without being angry about it. That's the whole point is that I don't have to lose my shit to show that I'm unhappy about something. I had a fr- I had a sponsee that was really having a lot of problems with some of the political stuff. And was protest wanted to protest and he says is it okay for me to do that kind of thing? I said sure it is. If you can protest without being angry. He said what do you mean? I said anger will uh, will hurt your cause. It won't help your cause. I said, go protest if you can do it from a place of love and a place of you doing something that's good for you, for your family, for your community, not die, pick, die, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's, you know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's, I said that, no, protesting for a good reason, because you feel it's important in your heart. Yes. Why not? So that's the way I operate. And I think that's a way with all disturbance. If I'm just, I can be unhappy with something without being disturbed. In other words, like we talk about disturbance in uh, that, that you quoted earlier, Amy, that Craig was talking about, you know, we're disturbed because there's something wrong with us. That doesn't mean that we disapprove. There's something wrong with us because there's always going to be things we disapprove that we, that even things we think are unacceptable as far as government or, people or or any behavior you know it's okay to say hey no or 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 to actually if you got in a business situation where you need to sue someone over something which happens in business if you can do it without being angry if it's all everything's okay that's life on life's terms that's one of the terms of life is you know sometimes you've got to let the judge figure out what's right or wrong but you can do that without anger. Anger doesn't help. So how do you turn that plate? How do you look on a more lovable and accepting kind of thing when, when you get those disturbing things, when, when people are pretty much doing something against your your, your norm or, or however? I have an experience with that. Um, I've recently gotten divorced. And I handled, I'll give myself an A- minus on the divorce. <laughs> what's important is does she give you an A minus too 
Yes. You know, okay, I was talking to her the other day and and she knew I've been getting angry about things. She said, you know, she said, you've gotten rid of about 90 percent of your anger while we've been married. We've been married almost wow. nine years. She said, you've gotten rid of almost all your anger, which is incredible. Right. And I said, uh, thank you. She says, but I've seen it all lately. What's wrong? You need to go to some meetings. You need to talk to your spot. You know, you need to do all these things because you're angry again for some reason. You know, oh. I said, you're right. I said, and I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm surrendering this. And, and I'm, and I've made a lot of progress since that conversation. I had nothing to do with her. It was everything else involved in the, but my dealing with her was what I was getting back to with the anger because there was times when situations would come up where she would want this or this or things wouldn't be the way I wanted it to play out. And Dennis, I just did the same thing I do with every, try to do with everything is just open my heart up to the person, put myself in their shoes and see if I'm looking at this, like look at it as a third person and say, okay, what am I, how am I looking at this the wrong way? What, what am I, what am I trying to orchestrate here that I shouldn't? And, and just sit with it, meditate with it, and just look at it and see why I feel the way I'm feeling. You know, why am I feeling this anger? That's what I did today. You dig deeper too, saying, what am I afraid of here? What is yes. what is the fear that causes this it? anger? Because it's always some kind of fear. And it would, it would start showing up, then. It would start mm. showing up, you know? Mm. Like, oh, okay. She wants more money than I think I should get. I think I should just give her that. I said, okay. I know why she's feeling that way because she feels insecure. So how can I make her feel secure? You know, what can I do? And I just sit and went through it like that. And it worked out. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were able to still be friends and everything and without anger. She said, well, we're supposed to get angry if we're getting divorced. I said, why? Who said that? I said, I want you to be able to say that when you married, that, that buddy was as nice leaving the marriage as he was when we started the marriage, <laughs> you know, I said, I want you to be able to say that. And I got angry a few times, but I, I looked at it and worked on it, you know, and figured out, you know, how to uh, just how to, how to be more present really is what it was. Craig. I think when you're going through breakups and relationships later on in life, I think there's less one, one upmanship going on. I went through a messy separation when I was in, in my twenties, and it was always a case of how can I how can I get one over my partner, and you know how can I look better than, than her, and how can I make her look bad, and it was always there was always this thing going on with my daughter, just trying to get custody of her and just try to see her more, and um, there was a lot of bad speak going on from her side about my side of the family as well. So I think just when you get to a certain age, um, I, th I think you just really cut the bullshit out and just look for how we can help each other. How, how can we make it as amicable as possible? Because to be honest with you, if I was to go through it at the moment, I really could not be bored with having any bad blood or any other animosities. I think I've worked that hard on just trying to get rid of all the, the anger and resentments and bitterness. I really I really do not have the time or, or energy for any more negativity to come back. Like, again, I'm going to have to sit down and do all these eight steps again and go back and make the amends and ask people for forgiveness. It's easy to say outside of it, but you get in the middle of it and there's yeah. still, you know, it, it, if I wouldn't have really sat with it, it would have, it would have really messed with my serenity. Uh, the, the, but the uh, divorce itself, 
happened, you know, without, without that for the most part, you know, um, but I just, uh, I tried to handle it the same way as, you know, and that's the thing, Dennis, so you talk about anger and, and how do you do it? You just do it the, the same You just on steroids. When we first decided, I, I sat and meditated on it for a couple of days for several hours and just sat with it until, and I realized what was going on was I was grieving and I didn't want to grieve. I was grieving the marriage. So I just sat and grieved it for a couple of days, had a good cry and just, you know, it was ending and I knew it was ending and it was the right thing. And we, I still think it's the right thing. So, you know, that when I got rid of that grief, I was able not to respond with anger because I didn't have the anger, you know, the, the disturbance left. I'm just so happy that it's it's the same way that I'm working with it, just allowing it. But it's funny not to be misunderstood. Surrender to, to your anger doesn't mean you just let it run everything. Right. That's not it. Uh, that was what I used to do kind of where I was just so into that emotion and I just, it was just going ramsack. But surrendering to the feeling before it goes out of hand is, is, is very important. That's a real important thing there, Dennis. There's a big difference between playing into an emotion and allowing yourself to feel an emotion. Hmm. Have y'all experienced that difference between the two? What I'm what I thought I was struggling with for a few minutes here was what I was hearing was it's not okay to be angry. But no. I, I think it's anger for me is a is an okay emotion. It's just like you just hit the, the point you just made was it's what I do with that, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't and I'm going to come back to what, what I was taught early, early, early. I don't have a right to be myself at someone else's expense. And if I'm angry, exactly what fear is it? What am I afraid of losing or not getting that's causing me to be angry? And for me, when I start feeling anger, the first thing I need to do is allow myself to be angry. Not to take it out on someone, but to feel the anger. Okay. And so I'll feel the anger. So, hmm, I'm angry. Almost like I'm a third person looking at Buddy being angry. And as I tell myself, I say, okay, I'm angry right now. It just starts leaving almost immediately. And then I say, okay, Buddy, why, why are you angry? What is it that you're afraid of that's causing you to be angry? And instead of feeding the anger and, and those, mo- you know, because if I start calling the names and doing all of that, that's what you're talking about, Dennis. I start feeding the anger, you know, yeah, you're, more you're going into justifying it. Right? Yeah. You're justifying it that I'm right in this situation. Yes, I agree. I had a sponsee today I was talking to about this and he says, well, those blah, blah, blah. I said, uh-uh, stop that. I said, when you start calling names in, in your anger, I said, you're just feeding that anger. I said, you got to stop. You got to feel it without feeding it. But I, I think the interesting part of it that no, almost nobody wants to feel the feeling of anger. It's not a pleasant feeling, right? So we're doing it. We're trying to justifying it. We're trying to do all these things to stay inside of it because that's where our ego tells us to go. I'm right here and you are wrong, whoever that is. So it's, it, 
it just dawned on me. It's kind of funny that we're going back to what you just opened the meeting with, with your doctor experience here, that uh, that we're doing all these things. And I think the reason why we're talking so much about it is because we don't like that feeling of anger. But like Amy is saying, it's it's a natural feeling. But if you can just allow that to happen, it will go smoothly and it will go over quicker. And start looking at it as a third, observing your anger. Hmm. And you only, I only learn those things in meditation, quite honestly. Now meditation is my go-to because I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this. And I sit with it. I just have to sit. Meditation's not some woo-woo thing. I just sit with it. I said, okay, I'm angry. And I start just opening up and saying, okay, what, what's this about? Why am I, you know, why am I angry? What is it that's causing me to be angry right now? And I'm, I'm just hopped up, you know, and I'm like, what is it I'm angry about? Why is it that, you know, and then I'd find myself snapping at everyone. I snapped at the guy at the bank and I had to go back and make an amend for that. And I, he couldn't open an account like I wanted him to. So I started fussing at him and yeah, it was just craziness. But anyway, regardless, I have no right. I was opening up a new corporate account. And anyway, it was some details and he was, he was being a banker which is not taking any risk or doing anything, you know, out of the box, you know, like bankers do, you know, that's bankers. That's how they do. That's what they do. So uh, instead of accepting that, which I knew, I started fussing at him because of it. And I got up and walked out and, uh, and I thought, Oh gosh, I just, and then I went through a drive through and the guy would gave me some smack in the window and and I wanted to jump out of the car and pull him in the car, and, you know, a teenager, you know, and I did not want to hear it out of him, you know. And so, man, I'm just like, man, I'm angry at everybody. I, I've got to be the problem. It can't be everybody that's doing these wrong things. It's got to be me, you know. It's and, actually uh, it's funny, buddy, when you're saying that. I'm going back to what I was told a long time ago. We already go wrong when we say I am angry. Yes. We identify ourselves with with anger. And that's not who we are, right? It's actually that fundamentally. We say, oh, I am angry. So then we, we're just we, we're connected so deeply to it, just like we are with all the titles we're giving ourselves, right? So, so what, so what, what do you say instead, Dennis? Do you say, you say I, uh, I have anger rushing through me. I, oh, I, I okay. have anger going through me right now. Okay. Or you can say that I, I feel I, I, I feel angry. Uh, that that's a way to kind of, of of distance yourself from it, I guess. Okay, not that I. That am. was what I I got taught. Oh. From, yeah, I'll let you know later on. Uh, 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 a guy you disliked many years ago. <laughs> so yeah. Good, good. Thank you, thank you. That's like a conversation I would normally have with my defence solicitor. <laughs> I would normally sit and meditate in the jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, anger anger just pops up for me about all kinds of different things. So that's my go-to. Oh, and it's getting to be less, but it still can show. So none of these people in this story are angry, though, are they? No, coming back to the story, though, um, it's interesting. The last couple of sentences, for, the, for this reason, their deeds have not been narrated. They made no history. There's also nothing for anybody to keep score with. I am a good scorekeeper. <laughs> I will take your inventory in a heartbeat and I will remind you of all the things that you've ever done 
that try that that I attempt to use to justify taking it back to anger, justify my anger. But these people didn't even have to worry about that. Man, how much energy would I have if I didn't spend that time keeping score? And these folks had a very full life. It says when Earth was full. So this would be the optimum life would have the life that there was no extreme history, no scorekeeping. That's good. So the example today was an example of a contented life. Would that be a surrendered life, uh, natural, that where we can live naturally without all the defects that we don't surrender and continue to live in? Also, living a life in the moment. Mm-hmm. Can you translate that at least to the title? Yeah, thank you. Right. Dan, we've heard very little out of you today, sir. You got anything to add? Thanks for asking. No, I, you know, I've just been following the conversation and having thoughts with everybody's comments and everything like that. You know, this story it's like one of those it's almost shit man there's a lot there's a lot that's um i'm thinking about um but my initial impression anyways of the whole thing is this idea that you sorry um the thing that originally stuck out of me was they were honest and righteous without realizing they were doing their duty and loving each other and didn't even know that 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 was love of nature. When I'm in the flow, when I'm in the moment, I don't even know what I'm doing. When I'm working with somebody and I'm offering my experience, strength and hope, sometimes I say the right shit at the right time. And if I try to do that, like it doesn't really (laughs) come out right. But being a vessel, being a mouthpiece for the higher power has nothing to do with me thinking about it, being intelligent. It has everything to do with me being, like you said, buddy, being available, being in there, being present. And the more presence that I practice, the less I give a shit about being worthy, about being exalted being popular like all that kind of stuff right um and it's weird because my programming back here is all like yo you need to accomplish shit (laughs) right like what do you want to be when you grow up dan i'm gonna be asking myself that at 80 i think you know it's an irrelevant question it's an irrelevant question and the reason why for me anyways that i'm learning is because I ought to be nothing. Yes. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Because there's an immense amount of freedom that because of because if I'm the uncarved block, I've got all this potential to be all this other stuff, right? Yeah. If I don't define me, if I don't define my goals, my ambitions, my desires, any of that stuff, there's nothing to fail at. There's nothing to limit you either. There's nothing to limit me. And at the same time, though, am I shortchanging myself by by saying, "Oh, well, let, let me let me try to do something and let me try to be my best and everything like that"? And I feel like no, the answer is no. I'm not shortchanging anything because 
what my ambition is then is to have no ambition, which is so paradoxical. And that's, that's what I feel like, you know, the spirit of, of the, you know, one of the, well, one of the, the things that I took away from this, you know, story was, was that if, if, if I can be okay with, with not even trying to be present, not even trying to be in the moment or extol virtue or be virtuous or anything like that. That's when I'm being virtuous. So with a dude with like, you know, an egomaniac with a comp with an inferiority complex, that is some hard shit to do. That is hard, man. That's hard. Not impossible. Cause you know, I've had moments where I discovered that it was possible and all I had to do was stop fighting. But, um, not all the time. I'm still a person. <laughs> but you know, Dan, for me, the way I stop fighting is by helping someone. Huh. I get my mind off the supposed prize, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the prize being, if you're talking about a spiritual prize, being in the moment, whatever, ever how you want to say it. So how do I be spiritual? Well, you quit trying to be spiritual and you just go help somebody. You Take yeah. someone to the doctor without complaining when it takes longer. Make sure I didn't complain to my father about it, you know? Right? That's yeah. the kind of things you do when you, and then you can really, then you start seeing the fruit of not being the unconcerned, the, the fruit of being, uh, of letting that go. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, letting that go. Being okay without knowing what the outcome is and not even caring, you know? Um, but this yeah. is all that more of that, that same idea that the biggest idea I think I've gotten out of all of the Taoist stuff is that the same idea I got out of the second step and what I touched on before I even knew there was a Tao, which was when I stopped trying to stop drinking, I no longer had to drink. Now, when I quit trying, that's when I found the power not to drink. I'm like, wait a minute. What just happened? And I said, hmm, if I could figure, if I could figure out how to do this, right? <laughs> I'm already messing it up, right? If I can figure out how not to try in other things, because we even lack the words to say it. You know, yeah. If I can surrender and let go in these other things, then I can have the same relief there. So the whole idea is me getting out of the way and stopping my self effort to do anything. Doesn't mean I do nothing. I stop the effort of completion, the effort of accomplishing. And the way for me so far, the quickest route to that is okay, who can I help? And I get my mind off that. Yes, Amy, we've ceased fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. And the way I quit fighting it is by going and helping another alcoholic. And then I have that fruit. I have the fruit of peace and joy in my life. Yeah, man, we could talk all day about this. Anything else, guys? Any closing comments? So you're two weeks in a row, Dennis. Is, does this mean that we're going to start seeing you on a regular basis? 
You know, whenever I want to become uh, regular, then I then I then I fall out on it. <laughs> I it's am, just gonna be. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I actually like what Dan said. He hit it on the nail. Not trying to be in the moment is actually being in the moment, right? I when when not trying do that old uh, what was it called Bo Jackson commercial for Nike? Just do it. <laughs> that's. Um, no, well, yeah, I, I'll come in if I remember it on Thursdays, but I am not good at, at getting into routines. It's it's horrible, but it's so healthy for me. So this is bad. I'm going to say I'm trying. <laughs> you can try to try to come to the meeting. That's okay. <laughs> Having an expectation that you're going to be Mr. Spiritual in the meeting. Oh, no, I, I, I don't put any expectations okay. on myself. I'm like Dan. I actually have to. I don't really care what people say anymore. So I'm the one that goes around in sweats and, and, and slippers and go out and shop. But people say, man, why does he look like that? But I, at that point, I don't care what people think. But in other aspects, I probably still do. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Glad you're here. Glad everyone made it today. Any closing comments, guys? Okay, well, you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.